Hey, Marcus, do you like movies? Yes, I do. Hey, Marcus, do you like free speech? Sure. Would you ever wear a suit that's three-piece? Of course. Yeah, me too. Would you ever order a three-piece? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, as an appetizer, I've had, like, a three-piece chicken tender deal. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, three-piece and a biscuit. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah. Pope- yeah. Oh, Popeye's. Lunch box. With you, actually. Oh, yeah, When I was true. in the St. Albans house, and you were, uh... I was really we went, fat. I was we, really we fat. And we ate a lot of chicken. We parked in the 7-Eleven parking lot. And you went across the street to get the Popeye's. It's true. And they gave us these, like, steroid size chicken tenders. Yeah. They were good. They were tender. No, I was gonna. Ah, uh, they're crispy. Maybe one. T- they were. No, I was gonna say that might be one of the second. Like maybe the last time I had Popeyes. Maybe one other time. I'm not gonna lie. I still haven't had the chicken sandwich. It's really good. Yeah. Cause it's like so. It's so thick. Mm. It's like a double sized chicken oh, sandwich. Pump full of stuff. Probably on a nice brioche. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is zebras in America. Mm-hmm. Because of sequencing, I'm unsure what number episode this is. So oh, we shouldn't have even. It's this is episode one sixteen. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it it's will not. Because it's episode one seventeen. Exactly. Oh, all right. Uh, I did that. It's one seventeen. It's episode one seventeen. Yeah. So we decided to do to do like a, a fun little thing today. Because um, so la- so last year. You were really excited when you got back from TIFF. No, this is what's messed up. Exactly, that's what's messed up about two years ago. It came out last year. You said to me, Scott, you have to see this new Errol Morris movie, American Dharma, about about the the man Steve Bannon. I have this. He has a lot of things that he's done. I'm going to get into that. And if I could just, while they do a quick birth to present, it's mostly it's mostly about current climate, Steve Bannon. It's not like his life as a kid and then in college and no it's no not, it's about yeah, it's, it's not, about and it's not a long movie either. and it's it's about an hour 40 yeah it oh i thought it was le- oh anyway and anyways it's it's not two hours it's yeah. very good but i only saw it last week do you know why you know why it's rhetorical yeah people decided that because steve bannon was pro-trump and had a lot to do with trump getting elected and is part of Breitbart News and is part of the new right engine that we sort of, that we shouldn't see this movie. That by showing this movie, you are giving a voice to someone who doesn't deserve to have a voice. This is the same criticism that's been driven at Joe Rogan lately. Sure. For having people like the other person we're gonna be discussing on this show, this episode, Jordan Peterson, on his podcast, they say, you shouldn't have Jordan Peterson, you shouldn't have Ben Shapiro, you shouldn't have Alex Jones. But at the same time, they're also having Bernie Sanders and Killer Mike. Like, I, I was going to say, though, <coughs> excuse not me. to compare them, but whatever. I, I on a, As someone who listens to Joe Rogan semi-regularly, I will say, though... Depends on who's on it. Yeah, true. But I still will always get the update and see who's on. on, on I think most irrational people, I think... If you're rational, when it comes to this kind of stuff like I am, I will say, I feel like it's a 75%, 25% split, though, of, like, the Bernie Sanderses versus, like, 
the Jordan Petersons, and I, 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 I do think I just, I, I, it's I do. mostly I do. like, or like Candace Owens, or like any black person he has on the show is on that black conservative stuff. Uh, outside of comedians, outside of comedians, I don't know. Candace Owens, the the all the gun right, the black gun rights guy, they're all like. Trump. No, there's also like Rizza and Donald Rawlings and David Those, Goggins and lots of fighters. And that's like I don't. I think that's an inaccurate not, description, but I don't want to talk about right, Joe Rogan for this. Entire no, no. I'll just say when it comes to politics and social issues, right? But this, if you listen to the outweighed. Joe Rogan podcast, it's mostly comedians and MMA fighters, and then occasionally other people. But like, uh, it's not occasionally. I'm just. This is this is moot. Sure. Sure. What I'm saying is that people lump Joe Rogan, who's clearly center-left, if not more than that, mm. as this, like, propagandist or something, because he has people on. Let me, sure. And my thing is, so you're telling me, the left, all of a sudden, the people who used to, who are te- who used to be so much about freedom of speech, and freedom of expression, and, yeah. and acceptance, are telling me, that all of a sudden, Errol Morris, who's done movies about Joe McNamara, who's done movies about, what's that other, uh, Rumsfeld, who's done The Thin Blue Line, who's done all these movies. Or a racist, crazy uh, electric, um, electrocution or whatever the... Um, That's what I'm saying. Like The guy who carries out the deaths, the, the electric chair, who has some, has some views about the Holocaust that I'm are saying, not popular. Like Errol Morris, watch an Errol Morris movie... Before yeah. you decide who he can or cannot interview, he's also I, pretty open about his political views. He's if, left now. If you and you if know? you watch the movie, but I, but I want to wait because this is this is I, this is a long preamble. Sure. Hi, Doug, and hi, Collide. Um, I I've spent the past two years really grappling with my feelings about the Second Amendment and no, the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been thinking about the Second Amendment as well. But the First Amendment is so important to to who we are. And, I, and for a long time, I really thought about, is offensive speech still free speech? Is hate speech free speech? Is speech that disgusts you free speech? And it's complex, but I truly believe that even if I find the speech and the actions detestable, that we have to be able to say it. Otherwise, who gets to be the arbiter of taste? Who gets to be the arbiter of what is offensive speech? I, I, I agree with that. I always, I see, I love conversations like this, and we have our own platform now. I do always have to, I don't care how many times I'll, I'll repeat this outside of whatever in life. Oh, but, I, but and also I might be free to punch you in the face, not you, but... That's essentially what I was getting at. Oh, sorry. That, no, no, but it's not even about punching in the face, although sometimes... Like, that's what... It, it's more so when people, when they get, I'm using air quotes, in trouble, or say they lose their job, or they lose right. their sponsorship, or they lose whatever, it's like, freedom of speech. Like, I think when people say that, they don't necessarily get it. It's like, you said what you said. Nobody stopped you from saying it. As a matter of fact, everything now is a reaction to your freedom of speech. And that's the thing. It's like, it's freedom of speech, but it's like other people have a right to express their freedom of speech. Right. That they don't like what you said. And when you're greatly outnumbered, it is what it is. So I think that's always been. And yes, it comes down to where it's just like, yeah, it's not, you You know, like the wrong person will punch you in the face. You have the right to say anything. Yes. Um, Except. So the from what I understand is that freedom of speech in this country means that almost all speech is free 
except for threatening, except for the, except for threat, libel, and slander. You you can't say you're going to hurt someone. You can't make you can't say things about people that that have no truth. You can't say anything that has to do with the president or whatever. Like as far as like threatening or anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything other than that is fair game, and I believe that we have to do that because this because you don't want the government controlling what is acceptable and unacceptable speech. Which leads me into another topic of discussion that we're going to be talking about in this in this episode mm-hmm. is Jordan Peterson. I think we can weave in and out of both. right, of course. It's, it's but he's you know he's he's a psychologist from Canada, yeah, who truly believed that uh, a certain law about about um, how people were treated, and I have I wrote down what the law is was the road to Nazism mm. and that he believed that he had the right that he that he shouldn't be told by the law that he has to call people by their preferred pronouns mm. which is not exactly what the law says mm. but that's what he had that he believes that that's the road to fascism and that I just but my issue is and I, I they made a movie about him called The Rise of Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And and the genesis of the movie is fascinating. Yeah. But the reason why I decided to see the movie is that people were getting death threats for wanting to show the movie. Yeah. And it's not right-wing people that, that are sending that. death threats. So yeah. now we're threatening people yeah. over, over movies? You're becoming the enemy. You're becoming what you fought against. The, the only reason I saw the movie The Interview... Mm-hmm. Was because, because, because they stopped. They stopped showing that movie. They weren't going to show movies in the theater because violence was threatened against it. Mm-hmm. That's a movie with where, where Joe Rogan and James Franco go to North Korea to kill Kim Jong Un. Seth Rogen, but yeah. What did I say? Joe Rogan. My bad. Yeah. You ever seen that amazing bit where where uh, someone who could have been the best rapper alive? Uh, what? From Farside, um, Fat Lip, mm-hmm. he he interrupts Gerard Carmichael's comedy to tell a joke about Seth Rogen. No, it's incredible. Oh, I don't shit. even think no. this is the first time I've told you about this. On no, the show, this is no, this is one hundred percent the first time. No, because I would I would have stopped to watch Gerard. Fat Lip's one of my favorite rappers. I know. I'm very fascinated he, by him. He could have. He could have been. Eh. I, it's. I eh. don't. He had the skills. He had the skills. He set. did. I think as a group. I think the far side had, had a niche. I mean, built off. The, here we go again. Built off the back of like early Hyro and and stuff like that. But and, and freestyle fellow. Oh, freestyle fellowship more though than Hyro. But um, I think as a group. So so we decided to talk about the Jordan Peterson film, The Rise of Jordan Peterson. Yes. And the Steve Bannon film, American yes. Dharma. Yes. Because. W- I think it's fair to say I don't agree with anything about these dudes. Well, here's the thing. Oh, fuck Steve Bannon. But here's the thing about Jordan Peterson. I like... And it's and let me just say something. It's not his idea. I was about to give him credit for the, just the whole idea of like <clears throat> thought and open thought and, and whatnot. But I think... Sure. And, and, I'm, and I'm one of these people. I'm not on Jordan Peterson's side. But he's an intelligent guy and he knows this. 
and he does no matter how straight laced and and serious looking he is he likes to fuck with people and he knows what he's doing so on some but it's like he is an intelligent guy which to me makes him even more dangerous it's like a lot of people will casually of course like social media warriors Steve Steve Bannon's a genius yeah he is he is Uh, he might be smarter than Jordan Peterson I don't Peterson, think so. They're different types of smart. Yeah, right. I think Jordan Peterson is more a little more abstract. But I just, um, yeah, I like the idea of like. I just think because unfortunately, people like Kanye West and Candace Owen made this term a little uncool. But like, free thought is cool, but not free thought masquer with like an agenda masqueraded kind of behind it. And that's what right. I think guys like Jordan Peterson find, do. It's like, I hey, find, it's just free thought. I'm just saying, like yeah, you know, like that kind of shit. I just find a little bit of it dishonest. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I not agree. a little. It's I agree. not a little. I believe I believe it is dishonest some of the good. stuff that he says that's like good faith, I I think is dishonest. Yeah. And we talked about masculinity a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And I think Jordan Peterson has a similar premise that I do, that there's something afoot in the in in the modern first world male. Right. It's just we couldn't disagree more on what the conclusions are. Yeah. And what that means. Yeah. But like, there's definitely something going on. Yeah. And I I think we just we just have different mean reasons to sure. uh, address. Sure. So. A little, can I give a little pre, a more preamble to Jordan Peterson? Of course. So they started making a documentary about Jordan Peterson because he has like one of the largest collections of Native Canadian art, mm. and and has been writing about like his his view on, in my opinion, a, a misguided view of modern Jungian archetypes. Mm. And psychology. So, this he was like not super popular. He was a niche psychologist and writer. Yeah, this was like a local Canadian, thing local Canadian dude degree. who also worked for I think Harvard. You know, he's a, yeah. a, a academic. Yeah. Who also has this gigantic, gigantic collection of Native Canadian art and has a lot of different elimination diets. He's also famous for. Oh right, he talks about this on carnivore, Joe Rogan a lot. The carnivore diet. Yeah. And so they started making this movie in 2015. Yep. And then uh, this Canadian law comes out called Bill C-16, which is in the summary, because I think it's important to give the actual lawful summary, if you don't yes. mind. The bill is intended to protect individuals from discrimination within the sphere of federal jurisdiction and from being the targets of hate propaganda as a consequence of their gender identity or their gender expression. The bill adds gender identity or expression to the list of prohibited grounds of discrimination in the Canadian Human Rights Act and the list of characteristics of identifiable groups protected from hate propaganda in the criminal code. It also adds that that evidence that an offense was motivated by bias, prejudice, or hate based on a person's gender identity or expression constitutes an aggravating circumstance for court to consider when imposing a criminal sentence. Mm-hmm. So he makes a YouTube video saying that this legislation is is the path to fascism, that this is policing thought, that that he believes that this law means that you are forced to respect gender pronouns, also adding other things that, that, that he does not believe that, that 
gender pronouns besides the classical ones are beneficial to people and that he refuses to to kowtow to this thing. He becomes an overnight sensation. Now, I just stop right there real quick. Didn't this... <clears throat> I could be wrong. I should have kind of looked this up a little deeper, but didn't his more outspokenness also kind of have to do with now him getting like some kind of tenured thing? Because like once, you, once you're at that point as a professor, you can kind of do whatever you want and you won't Right, he sort of, he sort of could have done. He was he he was seeing a trend in academia yeah. of certain certain speech that's not part of a certain demographic of leftist thought, not even leftist liberal thought, being being combated. Yeah. That certain people no longer invited to speak. That that you sort of have to have a certain view about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, that you have to have a certain yeah. view about identity politics. And this, I'm, and this is where I say that I think it's useful for people to have different viewpoints and thought, and I always say disagree with, with the thought, not, attack the thought, not necessarily the person. Mm. I just don't agree with with a lot with most of the things he says, like ninety nine percent of the things he says. So he's a tenured professor. He says this stuff, and in my opinion, he makes a boiling frog argument that that a boil, which is which has also been debunked. You know the boiling frog no, argument. I don't know what that is. So you put a frog in a pot of water, and you start putting it on low heat. It it's so incremental that it doesn't notice. That it's being boiled alive, right? Because it, it it's oh, just. Oh, then just, I I agree with that. Like, <clears throat> even if you said it's been debunked, I get what you're saying about his argument is just kind of like, dude. Right. He's saying like this means this, and then slowly this will be this, and then before we know it, we'll be in in a Nazist regime, and the, I'm saying the if you put a if you a frog will jump out of the water. Yeah. But but I think it is a good it, it's a good illustration of sure. of sure. of what it means. And the legislation has been passed. It extends the goal of the of the legislation in Canada is to extend the same human rights and protections afforded based on like sex, race, etc. and uh to give to give transgender Canadians uh protection on a federal level. Sure. Which, which, from what I understand, some provinces already did, uh, okay. and and that that forcing this language is a way towards fascism, and he is being criticized for for saying he understands how things are going to go, and then his very reactionary very literal understanding of language and and, and when he says shit <coughs> like like on in Sorry. in the documentary he he says based on logic and then smiling like it this of this of course is not a nasty thing that that a woman that wears makeup is is asking to be paid attention to that a woman right, should right, wear right, makeup right, 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 right. and he's like I'm just I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't want to make fun of his sorry. voice. Sorry, but he's just. I'm just saying that that 
that this is logic and it follows this and and that's and that's a thing actually that yeah. my wife brought up a while back when we first how does, started how, how dating. does that feel nice yeah I know. my wife. I know awesome she she just so eloquently put like just a big part of why Jordan Peterson's doing what he's doing though just because a lot this this law and certain things essentially to him in his in his view undo so much of his work and that's right. why he's fighting it and but here's so few people bring this up I see all these debates that Jordan Peterson has and this is what I hate even more because so many of these people try to debate Jordan Peterson and it's kind of like you know what right now I'm on Jordan Peterson's side because you're not even coming at this from an intelligent you're trying to get him you know what I'm saying like there's so much material to give a good debate to him and you're trying to like like I'm in front of a crowd of people I'm going to zing him so I can get the audience to cheer and it's like that I think that's really cheap and that's really stupid and that's what I hate when someone who I mostly dislike, the the person who I should be rooting for does such such a shitty piss poor job that I'm like, hey, honestly, right now, Jordan, I I I'm I'm kind of on your side right now. But I mean, it, it's just there's certain people that you need to be very careful when you debate. And if you if yeah, you're listening, he's to one this, of them. And if you're listening to this episode and you like Jordan Peterson, or you hear about this episode and you think that we're just blindly attacking we're a film show and we're trying to understand some stuff so don't add us just well sure if you want to but yeah, why not? come at us come at us politely and we can talk politely if you talk to us impolitely the energy we, is matched right yeah. away and don't be surprised by it yeah don't be like oh but what did you yeah. if you start in a certain way then we're probably, you know, but Marcus is much meaner on the internet than I am, but you haven't even seen my final form. That's, that's all what I'm gonna, saying. That's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. You, because, because no one, no one's, no one's attacked me in a way where I really felt like I had to show my verbal jujitsu. Um, and, and then, you know, he, he made a statement that basically said, you know, that believe that suggests that forced monogamy is a way to stop uh, these these spree killings or these shootings. You never heard of when asked no, to, this when I, I have not. When asked about this terrorist attack by a Toronto killer who ran into a crowd killing people, ran into a crowd like with a car. Mm. He said he was angry at God because women were rejecting him. The cure for that is enforced monogamy. That's actually why monogamy emerges. I mean, I knew incels loved him, but now I really get why. Right, because what he's saying, what he, what, what he's trying to say, but I just don't believe it's good faith, and I just find it dishonest, is that he's just explaining logically why the nuclear family is important to society. Right, and that's also like what the Proud Boys say that they're saying. Yeah. But there's other things that I just find nefarious, and I find their smiles to be again dishonest. You know he's he's got this opposition to identity politics, PC culture, postmodernism, Disney princesses, and you know his feeling about men's issues that cause an uproar. And yeah. there's so many men who didn't have father figures or feel alone. The incel meaning the involuntarily celibate. There's all these offshoots of men's rights groups. So you have like men's rights. At, rights group you have the men's rights alliance you have the mra MGTOW. migtow you have incels which are the involuntary celibate you have the proud boys 
you have the red pills and then you have the black pills, which are the nihilists. They're the people that have accepted all of this and then decided that there's no meaning whatsoever. And it's often the black pills, I think, that do a lot of the violent activity. Mm. And so for a lot of these people, they found a, a surrogate in this dude. Sure. And the reason why, oh, if you guys were to say, why are you guys giving this guy so much energy? Because you can hear us talk about this and make your own decision. I, we believe that you are smart enough to, yep. to hear us talk about a movie and ideas in a movie and make your decision about it. Sure. That's how I feel. Yeah. And, you know, so, and I've, I've encountered smart people, intellectuals who like his work that state that like, yeah, he's, he's, he's the new young. And I've read a lot of young, I've read, uh, I really, you know, I really fuck with a lot of early psychoanalysts just because archetypes are so fundamental in, in art and, and Lacan wrote stuff that's not only good for psychology, but also good for, you know, film theory. And obviously, Fans Fanon came from a black psychoanalytic lens. Mm. So there's a lot powerful there. To me, young he is not. Sure. And, you would know more than me. And I think, I think his work, I think the movie definitely paints him in a positive light. Yeah. And I think, I think his work is more sinister than the movie presents. Yeah, I, I was going to say that myself. I also, <clears throat> going back to how it started, it, it's very like, the making of the movie in itself would make for a, a like a funny comedy, just like, we're going to make this movie highlighting this guy, <clears throat> this interesting local Canadian guy, and then in the, like early on in the making of it, it's like, oh shit, he's like really pop popular now, and we're kind of second and third fiddle to like, all these other people who want his attention now and it's like we have to chase him around and his schedule just got crazy busy he doesn't have time for us like i i, I thought i thought that 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 aspect of this documentary was really interesting it would be like a fun mockumentary almost and also like the film doesn't proselytize as like you need to be you need to be a jordan peterson person right um is this is that gonna no okay see my bad um it's not like you need to like this guy, but no. I think it definitely provides a lens. It's like this dude's cool, and there's there's, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. you know there's not a lot of opposition on there, but there are people who oppose him. Sure, and I and I do believe that some of the protest against him is not directionally at him. There are some people who think that what he's saying is that trans uh, trans people and and gender non-binary people deserve bad things. And I don't think that's what he's saying. No, yeah. And, he's, uh, yeah, and while he does not agree with that with that identity, he his issue really is is he says is that he shouldn't feel that he should have to say what he shouldn't have to by law respect preferred pronouns right and by the and it's and also by the time this movie came out and people are making death threats to not make the movie and, and sure and people are saying i feel uncomfortable working at a movie theater showing this movie like you're comfortable at the same movie theater showing the danish director's house that jack built or whatever yeah 
Was the house? No, it's a different. The house the Jack yeah. built. Yeah, like if you're you're comfortable like showing Saw Seven, or like this new Saw movie with Chris Rock, which is interesting. Which I saw a trailer for uh, this weekend, but we'll get into that in another episode down the down the road. And the, like, so this is the one. I would. That's I a would. Good point. I would venture That's to a good point. to watch this movie and be like, oh well, actually, this movie is dumb. It kind of shows. It's not that it's not like the greatest movie, and by the time the movie came out, you know he had a he had a debate with with Slavoj Zizek, the leftist philosopher who did the Pervert's Guide to Ideology and the yeah. Pervert's Guide to Cinema. We we've talked about him before Early on the show oh, several yeah, times. So. Um, I love the way he says film. Yeah, but I have to watch his movies at two times speed because he just talks so slow. Yeah. But he, he battled him in a way and was yeah, a, being a little too kind, I thought. But I think he just saw that, that he was just so much iller than him mm. that it became sort of a jokey thing. But since that, and, you know, he had a... Uh, Jordan Peterson had a crippling benzodiazepine addiction. Yeah. Where, you know, there's even like some people say that, that his daughter is like controlling him or something. And a lot of people made jokes of his addiction, which which I thought was mm. in poor taste. But mm. he's sort of fallen out of favor at this point. But I don't know. Yeah, he <clears throat> I'd say he had more than fifteen minutes of fame. He was Oh he had like for, yeah, yeah, he had a couple years. He, yeah. He had a lot of And that kind I, of stuff happens. But but the thing is though I'm sure wherever he's at right now, he's I was going to say the man. I don't think that. He's still got all the attention. I'm sure when he comes yeah. back from rehab and a halfway house and starts doing... When he writes a book about how being a man cured his addiction, he'll right. maybe he'll be on the circuit again. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I just did a lot of talking. What did you... What, did, what are some of your thoughts? Some of my thoughts... I kept... Well, I... Uh, since recently, I th- I knew we were going to do these American Dharma and the Rise of Jordan Peterson together. So I've been thinking about like all these parallels and, and whatnot. But I, I almost... Yeah, it's definitely the, the makers of this film. I'm talking about the, of jo- the Rise of Jordan Peterson. We're definitely a little like infatuated by him. And it's kind of like... <clears throat> I don't know. I kept thinking. Would I? I kept thinking. It's like Errol Morris would have been an interesting guy. I, and and also, this documentary has some Errol Morrisisms in it, like little nodes of music, little th- things like that. But I would have loved an Errol Morris, Jordan Peterson film. I think that because right. Errol Morris is a really smart guy, and them going back 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 and forth would would have been really really interesting. But I'd also be interested to see what like Errol Morris. I feel like Errol Morris got really disenchanted by. Oh my God! When like, I go, when I see him on Twitter nowadays, it's like depressed isn't the word. He's just weirdly cynical about everything in 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 in, in life. And while on some level it's fascinating, it's also a little sad. I think I think these last two years he really got put through the ringer. I mean, he's just a director searching for truth. Yeah. And who makes excellent movies. Yeah. He's, you know me. I don't like documentaries, really, right. but I like his movies because he's a good filmmaker. Yeah, he absolutely. knows how, he knows oh, how to make a film. Yeah, and 
it's just very strange to see. We recording. Yeah. No, that's just the. It's strange to just see people not want him to make these movies. Well, not even that. Just this one movie. This is, and I think that's so what the, hit him so, too. This yeah, is. Right. I'm sure so there's like, been back like, oh, you're making a Donald Trump. So I'm sure there was so dust the Donald, so, Yeah, there also wasn't Twitter. I think Twitter is bad for the world. Some t- yeah. I don't know. Because also it gives you false... It gives you like a false sense of what's going on. Yeah. It has like these these echo chambers that make you think certain things are things or things aren't. And That then, is 100% true. Yeah. That is 100% true. So I'd be interested... If for Errol Morris to do a movie about Jordan Peterson, I just who knows what he's gonna do now. I just he'll keep doing his these Chipotle commercials. You know that's him, right? That's Errol Morris. That's that, you can hear his voice in back. Like really, you make the avocado fresh? Like that's Errol. That's literally Errol Morris. He's directing those commercials. Yeah, he like, does a lot of gift, commercials. Gift of Gab is doing you know Grubhub. Commercials. Sure, sure he is. Postmates, yeah. excuse me. But Postmates, yeah. It's just very strange to me. The times that we're living in, and that there would just be so much hubbub. I I just I just get troubled when when they're like, oh, we can't show these movies; it's too dangerous. Yeah, like how Idiocracy, the film by Mike Judge, mm-hmm. which is an excellent, oh, excellent might be far, but a fun yeah, it's a fun movie, a fun sci-fi comedy about a dystopian future. That I sometimes feel like we're running into. Right. And as the movie was being made, the producers realized that it was shitting on everything that they were trying to do. And it got shown in so few theaters. Yeah. They they sabotaged itself. Or I remember early, early on in our show's existence, we had John Wilson over. Mm-hmm. And he sent us a copy of Open Secret. Mm-hmm. Which was which was forecasting all this shit that's going on in Hollywood, with the, you know, the sexual predatorial yeah. shit. Yeah. And that movie had to be released on Vimeo because they couldn't find a distributor, because it was talking all this stuff. Yeah. So we had to we had to watch a secret. That was basically a VHS going you know like underground VHS to see this movie. So sure. when you tell me I can't see a movie, it makes me want to see a movie. Of course. You know, did we ever? Na- na- did, did we ever talk natural. about "I Love You, Daddy"? The the Louis C.K. No, movie? we haven't. I remember when Louis C.K. got canceled. Yeah. I was like, was such weird timing. All that was going on, like like that movie, and like yeah, it was like everything. I mean, as as friend of the show, <coughs> me Carlo, we were talking about in on text message. That movie is an example of the red gone bad because it's it's shot on the red but it turns out the red black and white is not a good look Mm. but it's very good with color and it's just a movie that i wanted to see because i was told i couldn't see it yeah it's not a good movie no it's not very good i mean the thing about louis ck is that he he's always just trying stuff he comes from he comes from like a cinema verite art snob background and you can sort of tell with like Horace and Pete is like the anti binge binge show. Sure. If you try to binge that show, you're gonna you're gonna have an alcohol habit. Yeah. Like, but are we supposed to say that the show's not good because he did some gross, terrible, despicable right. things? Sure. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I I know exactly what you're saying. 
Or like if he makes another special and someone tells me that I can't watch it to make my own decision, it's up to me. I think I think something that was yeah. really, I think something that was really good when you were on Champagne Sharks, which I thoroughly recommend you guys go and listen, is that you're also the whole notion that you can't criticize something that you haven't watched. I disagree with that. I know from you describing Queen and Slim that I didn't want to see the movie. Yeah. Like I, you know, like. But there's something, but 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 that goes a little deeper. Like I think, and I think when I'm, for the both of us, I don't want to see Queen and Slim. Also ties into the fact that there are so many movies from that family tree of movies, and to me, for my thing, and I feel like maybe for you to some extent, it's just like I've reached my fill of these kinds of movies. Right. I've. Because that's mostly where I'm coming from to, when I'm like, yeah, I don't to, want to see that movie. Right. It's it's. There, I've gotten my fill of like these sort of strange black pain films. Yeah, as entertainment. As entertainment. Yeah, that 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 become memes and stuff. Although that's not necessarily the movie's fault. That's just like no. the times we live in. But. Speaking of which, they re they remade Surviving the Game, but about Trump. Yeah, then they met, holy sh- same studio because that's a Bloomhouse movie, right? I think so. There's another Surviving I mean, the Game. There's another well, most dangerous game movie called Run Sweetheart Run. About this black woman who goes on a Tinder date with this white guy, and it turns what? out he yeah, and he's like he takes her back to her house, and he's like, "We're gonna play a game. I'm gonna hunt you, and you have till the morning to survive. And if not, I'll kill you." And it's just like now we're just what like repeating the same is, movie within is the same year. At least Blumhouse is is taking chances, but most nice. of the times, I mean, they Get Out is because of Blumhouse. That's um, I'm just saying, but since Get Out, there's been too many like bad second cousins of Get Out. Right, um, and it's just getting but, but there was that movie that we both really liked, uh, that was like Saw meets Blade Runner revenge movie. Mm-hmm. We love this. It's by the director who did the new Invisible Man movie. Oh, you're talking about Upgrade? Yeah. Oh, right. Sure, but fine, fine. I'm just saying, like, not everything that like Blumhouse. Is at least like, oh that yeah. guy is it, just, spoiler alert the villain from Upgrade is an invisible woman and like Happy Sorry. Death Day was like almost almost the first movie to deal with first slash movie to deal with grief. Sorry, I had to say that. You know, like not everything they do they they do a lot of stuff that like they did the gift. You know. Oh wow! Okay, I'm oh. just talking about in the realm of race. Yeah, no, I hear you. Dude. It's getting very predictable, and although this isn't. Oh shit! They did Bloodline, which I never saw, but I, that looked crazy. Yeah. Where Stifler was like killing people as a doctor. What the fuck is that? Yo, we gotta we gotta do an episode on Bloodline. Okay, man. fine. Um, I mean, Sean William Scott is. Yo, did you see? He, he's a friend of the show because of the Goon series. He'll always yeah. You know, he was in a. He was in a very depressing movie with Gretchen Maul, with that hmm? where he plays this like comedian with a lot of issues and. Whoa. It's the movie's not quite good. Uh huh. But it but it's it's interesting and it's heartbreaking. It's called American Loser. Oh, um, yeah. I know. I I didn't see it, but I know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So you said the title because right. it was supposed to be called. It was supposed to be called some other stuff, but they mm-hmm. like were like. Let's change it to try to like sell it, but yeah, it's right. like really depressing and not, not like, not like the best movie, right? You know, 
don't know. I can't help but I just wonder though, like people who are so against. I'm now. I'm speaking more specifically to American Dharma. Realized, you know, like Barbara Schroeder made a film, you know, like documenting Idi Amin's right. everyday movement. Who is a guy who is directly responsible for six digit numbered, you know, deaths. You, you know what I'm saying? But nobody. That's like. It is. I I, I do think it's a, gen, a a generational thing, and there was. <laughs> There was a lot of post issues with 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 that with the movie. It's called General Edie. I mean, um, after like a cut was shown in some festivals, word got back to Edie. I mean, he's like, "Oh, it makes me look bad. Well, you have to recut the movie, or I'm gonna kill. Uh, I'm gonna round up a thousand French people because Barbara Shorter's. I'm gonna round up a thousand French people in Uganda right now and murder them if you don't." recut the movie like that there was some crazy shit behind that but it's see, like but Idi Amin is an actual murderer right worse than Jordan Peter worse than right. 10 Jordan so, Petersons so worse than like, 10 Steve Bannons so to defang him or like all that other shit like that's all that's crazy yeah and then so then what do you do do you not show the movie do you not edit it yeah. what do you do yeah or did you see that movie, The Belco Experiment? That's another Bloomhouse. No, movie. I never, I never, I, I know what you're talking. I never got into it, but no, I didn't. Well, no. it's like it's like Office Space meets uh, Battle Royale, but not funny. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which which is also That's what I got which is also like the Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. Battle Royale's starting to like. That's like a cult film. Oh, it has been since the early two thousands, mid two thousands. Since it like came out, kind of yeah. So and then the sequel, even more so, because that had such a limited release. Right. That bootlegs of that movie were like, if you had a copy of Battle Royale 2, it was like, oh, this is the shit. Right. Speaking of bootlegs, let's get back into it. I thought we were going to have to bootleg American Dharma. Right. Because I didn't right. think it was going to come out. It didn't right. even, it did a limited run. At Film Forum. At Film Forum at the end of the year. And like, was, it was one of those like, blink and you might miss it. Yeah. And so, there were people protesting it then. Friends of the show, John Kurtz and Chris Funderburg, they went to go see it. And they were telling me, how, although they weren't the only people who experienced this, there were guys handing out flyers like, you know, you should get your money back or like, don't see this movie, it's offensive type not nonsense. So even when it got a small, limited, tiny release at film form, people were still not giving up and were still relentless. Yeah, but I just disagree that, that, that we can't see movies about painful or disgusting tr- truths, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm just not, I'm just not really into that. Um, and so Errol Morris decides to make a movie about Steve Bannon, who's, who is a lieutenant in the armed forces, veteran, uh, grad student, virulent populist, uh, smart dude, and becomes a filmmaker because of Errol Morris. Right. He watches Errol Morris's McNamara film and is like, I need to make a filmmaker. I need to make films. Dude's made a lot of movies. I haven't watched any of them. Yeah. See, that's where the buck stops. I watched this documentary about him. I, I don't think I'm going to watch a movie that he makes. No. I feel like they've come off a little on-the-nose propaganda-ish. So like he's, blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Right. So he sees this McNamara film, and he gets hope. And he decides, and he's also part, he was he was uh, high up in Breitbart, which is, which is uh, the news machine behind... A lot, in some people's opinion, the the all right movement, they. If you if you watch this movie, they take a lot of credit for for Trump winning the presidency. Right. I think they really helped him. They were the ones that, 
that sort of broke the news of of Anthony Weiner sending inappropriate Twitter messages mm. to women, which which really did affect the the Clinton administration, not administration, the the Clinton party. Yeah, and he 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 believes that populism of of America. He claims he's not racist or sexist or homophobic, just that he's that he believes that America as to get needs to come together to get jobs and that identity politics is tearing would tear the country apart. Mm. He um he has points that I understand. Not that I agree. Mm. I understand what he's saying. I disagree with him. Sure. What's crazy is he's like a cinephile. And you sort of see that to some the degree, movie. to some degree, but, right? Not like, but a cinephile like you ever watched that Lonely Island video with um, Michael Bolton? Yeah, yeah. Like he's a cinephile in that in that in that video, but he's a cinephile like really liking Hollywood movies. You can be not all cinephiles like have brown bunny posters in their house. No, I know. Oh man, firing shots! I'm not firing shots. I just so- noticed the brown bunny poster that you got from a. Matt Zoller says from a famous like critic. Yeah, I'm. That wasn't a diss at all. I'm just saying okay. there's all different types of cinephiles. Sure, that's true. That's true. There's like the the a version of Greg Turkington who who's definitely a cinephile but probably hasn't seen the Brown Bunny. I don't know. I no, think no, no. Seen... Not the actual Greg Turkington. Yes, the character that that oh, Greg yeah, Turkington the, the, yes, plays. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in he's more in tune with Shaggy Dog Lawyer. Yeah. Literally, like in in Mister America or on Cinema or Decker, I love that the, movie so much. The character that he plays, man, yeah. I wish I had known that it was a spinoff of the show. I would have ran to see it in the theater. Yeah, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, but what makes me uncomfortable is that his favorite movie is my dad's favorite movie, Three uh, Steve Bannon. His yeah, favorite movie is Three, three, three O'clock three high. high, and he references it throughout the entire movie about his. His meteoric rise and fall, because as by the time, at a certain point after Trump becomes president, he sort of steps back and dismisses how much Bannon had to do with his stuff, and mm. and Bannon's like, I'm cool with it. That's like that's what I was trying to do. So he see he thinks of it as like this Shakespearean fall mm-hmm. that he's totally fine with, and compares it to my dad's favorite movie, Three O'clock High. One difference between this movie and the Jordan Peterson movie is that this is a very good movie. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. It's like, I, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's a masterwork by Errol yeah. Morris. It's well shot, well edited, well curated. Yeah. And Mo- what people don't realize is that Errol Morris is in the movie pushing back on him. A couple of times. Like a few times. Yeah. Like, which always annoys me when people it's like see the movie and you'll see which and in my opinion doctor, documentary filmmakers for the most part shouldn't do that no so he kind of like don't. he they crosses don't that line he crosses the line which that, I like and but, well, but I like that but that's the thing Mozart it was either Mozart or Beethoven that said you learn the rules so that you can break them Errol Morris has been making um, has been making critically lauded documentary films for three or four decades yeah if he wants to break the rules of the document of the documentary, he can do that. Yep. And he pushes back, but Steve Bannon is so confused that that Errol that Errol Morris would vote for Hillary Clinton. 
confused. He was disappointed. Yeah, and, he's like, and, and heartbroken. how could you make making this McNamara movie? Yeah, not see this thing. Yeah, and so his views and his his beliefs, like burn burn it all down, restart revolution, and you know, in some people's minds, culminated the, you know, why am I? Why is this? Um, when the guy ran into people in a car. Oh, in Virginia. In Virginia, yeah. yeah. That unite unite the right thing in Virginia with yeah. with the tiki torches. Right. After that, he lost a lot of sway because people believed that he was pushing for that sort of thing. Yeah. But he never really in in the movie he never is like. Yes or no, he's just like populism. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, he has a goal. And he doesn't mind the repercussions of the goal. His goal is to, his goal was to get some someone like Donald Trump, but it could have been anybody. It needed to be someone yeah. who was the anti-Obama. And the point of, and that, going back to what you just said, like, a minute ago, just like, oh, I'm fine with that. Like, you want to now paint me out of the picture? You want to, I still got what I wanted. That's obviously, it's like... That's also the reason he did this movie. So then it can be documented that it's just like, hey, I had something to do with this. Even, you know what I'm saying? Um. Yeah. And he even says that that the Democrats lost because they pushed Hillary Clinton instead of Bernie Sanders. That's true. That Other that reasons, but that's... There, that's are, there are many reasons. One of them being the, the Anthony Weiner scandal and the Comey scandal and him doing some... Him, him orchestrating some WWE type shit, where during during many of the Hillary Clinton debates, him purposefully having the accusers of Bill Clinton sit in the front row seats for mm. Hillary Clinton to see, because mm. there's a lot of accusations against Bill Clinton. Sure. And it seemed like a lot of people were really caping for Bernie Sanders and. They pushed for this establishment person who had a lot of views about international conflict that you might be surprised to see to see her stances on it or the things that she was responsible for as Secretary of State. Yeah. Where 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 Bernie Sanders has has a different platform. Mm-hmm. And what you see right now with with Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar jumping out of the race right before Super Tuesday is that, again, they're really pushing for Bernie Sanders to not be the voice of the Democrats, even though so many people in the Democratic Party are saying, we want, we want someone who's different. We want, we want right. the status quo to change. Yeah. We don't want establishment Democrats. Yeah. And I'm not making any... I'm not endorsing anybody. Mm. But it certainly seems like Joe Biden is doing a lot better in the polls than he was a couple weeks ago. Sure. So we'll see how this podcast ages, whether whether next year we're talking about President Donald Trump in the past tense or the present tense. Oh, God. Yeah. We don't know. No. Well, I kind of know. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to say. 
But I think it's important that we have these sort of discussions. Yeah, of and it, And if you listen to this episode and you think we're assholes or you think we shouldn't have talked about these things, then I would ask you to think about why shouldn't we talk about this? Why shouldn't we talk about upsetting things? Why, sh- is, why should a film, sh- film podcast not criticize films? Because as a film, the Jordan P- Peterson film is not that good. As a film, American Dharma is very good. Yes. But I think, I think you, you go into those movies and you, you'll, you'll probably just fortify your opinion already, but at least you, yes, but at least you have reasons to yeah. educate yourself. Yes. Do you have any closing thoughts, my friend? I feel no. like I talked most of this I wanted to end episode. it on educate yourself. I kind of wanted to edge it on, end it on educate yourself. Right. Yes. Educate yourself, man. The dopest Ethiopian And now the world around me Beacons moving in slow motion Whenever she happens to walk by Why does the apple of my eye Overlook and disregard my feelings No matter how much I try Wait, no Why didn't I really pursue my little princess With persistence And I was so low-key That she was unaware of my existence From a distance I desired her Secretly admired her Wired her A letter Together And it went My dear, my dear, my dear You do not know me But I know you very well Now let me tell you About the feelings I've been for you When I try Or make some sort of attempt I simp Damn, I wish I wasn't such a wimp Cause then I would let you know that I love you So when if I was your man, then I would be true The only lying I would do is send the bed with you Then I signed to send the one who loves you dearly Cause he has loved me tender But the letter came back three days later Return to sender Damn